1: Hello, everyone, and welcome
0: to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. The weather, I don't know. Every week we talk about the weather. It was, I don't know, 50 yesterday. Today's in the 40s. It's beautiful. Tomorrow, big snowstorm. Maybe six inches, maybe seven inches, maybe in the afternoon, maybe in the evening, maybe rain. Who knows? So um, we don't get bored. We don't get bored. And we especially don't get bored because Purim is right around the corner. And we tried so hard last week to get the whole Purim story into two shows, and I was not successful. So if you haven't checked out the first two shows to get the first part one and part two of the Purim story, today we're really, really going to try to finish it in this part three. And of course, if necessary, we'll move it on to one more. And of course, we'll see where life takes us. Uh, But before we get started, of course, to my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show and I do need your help. To help the show spread, I need you to go to my homepage, hit that donate button, Leave your name, I'll give you a shout out memory of happy birthday and in advance, of course I do thank you. so first let's uh, let's just get back to where we're up to. So Queen Esther is in the palace. Murdechai is an advisor to the king. Murdechai has already informed Esther who informed the king about an assassination plot that was trying to take place that was with Bigson and Serish, and he was never rewarded. In the meanwhile, Haman comes to power. He's the prime minister. He gets insulted by Mordechai. He decides, since Mordechai insulted him, and the insult was a Jewish insult, that Mordechai did not bow down. So Haman has to destroy the whole Jewish nation. Again, he's from Amalek. Anyways, it's part of their DNA. And Haman makes his lots. And basically, the lots is basically a year later. And the lots take place actually right before the holiday of Passover. So you got like a whole, almost a whole year. Or some say a whole year till Purim, depending if there was an extra month, a leap year in the calendar. So Mordechai goes to Esther and says, you gotta, you gotta go to the king. Esther says, I can't go to the king. He hasn't called me for a while. Mordechai says, God put you there to take care of things. You gotta act now. And Esther says, fine, everyone has to fast for three days. Mordechai goes out, has everybody fasting and everybody praying. In the meanwhile, so Mordechai is spreading the word. He's learning with thousands of Jewish children. And Esther is getting ready for the plan. So that's pretty much what we were discussing in the last two shows. Esther goes to the king, um, and she was putting her life in danger because, again, you couldn't walk into the throne room without being called. The only way you were saved is if the king uh, stretched out his scepter and you never knew on his mood, maybe he wouldn't see you. By the time, you know, somebody asked, what are you doing here? They had already executed you. Esther gets in and she says, I want a private party. The king says, That's whatever you want, they'll give you whatever you want up to half the kingdom, it shall be yours. He he didn't know what she wanted. Obviously he understood that if she's coming to him and she could have gotten killed for walking in instead of waiting a couple of weeks till he has time for her. So he understood it was massively important. He just didn't know what it was, right? And that he's clueless. So Esther said, I want a private party. And I want the king there and Haman there. What was Esther thinking? It was a very interesting Talmud that... Um, that Elijah the prophet meets um, one of the Amarayim, somebody from the time of the Talmud, and he asks Elijah, he says, so what was Esther thinking? And and they go through a whole list. So he says, okay, so which one? And he says, all of them. But in the list, we talk about um, that if you want to take care of your enemy, first feed him, Um, people's destruction comes through wine, um, she wants the king to be jealous. She wants the servants to be jealous. She wants the Jewish people to know they have to pray. If they think they can rely on Esther, they'll say, Oh, Esther's with Haman and the king. She's not with us anymore. Uh, she can't help us. We can only rely on God. Um, Esther was hoping that she and Haman would get killed. That way the decree would be null and void. Um, so there's multiple reasons why Esther has this party. um, a reason that I happen to enjoy is that for whatever reason, Haman is deserving of all this honor. So we got to get Haman to the top of the roller coaster. Once he gets to the top, now he can come straight down. It's all over. So getting invited to a private party with the king and queen is just about the biggest honor you can get, if not the biggest. When Esther is by the party and nothing is happening, or she thinks nothing is happening, she says to the king, the king says, okay, Esther, spill. What, what, what do you want? Why, why are we doing this party? Why are you inviting us here? It's something important. You put your life in danger. And Esther says, you know, I'm not ready to tell the king. I guess like all good ladies. i um, not ready now. I'll tell you tomorrow. So you guys come back. King and Haman come back tomorrow. We'll make another party. And by that party, then I'm ready to tell you anything you want to hear. Okay. So the king goes back to his palace, and Haman goes home. Now, Esther may have thought that nothing was happening, but because of this party, everything is happening. We have two different storylines we have to deal with. So Haman walks out. He is on cloud nine. I mean, it's fascinating. When we talk about personalities and how people think and how people act— you have the same story, and two people read the story completely opposite. Haman reads the story. Huh, Esther loves me. She thinks I'm the greatest thing. There is no one more important than the kingdom. Obviously the king, and I'm second in command. And Esther wants to honor me. It's amazing. And he is floating floating down the stairs till he gets to the gate and he sees Murdechai who ignores him. No bowing, no budging, and Haman is incensed. Yeah, think about it. Murdechai is like a, a bug, right? You just got the greatest honor you could imagine. You are on cloud nine, and because Murdechai won't bow down, you can't handle it. You can't handle it. You have to kill him. Like, Like, why can't you ignore him? But it's certainly possible that people that if all they have is their honor, you talk about people that are very thin skinned, right? If all they have, their whole self worth is wrapped around the honor they get, then anybody that scratches at that honor destroys them. So Haman can't handle it. Again, like he cares that Murdechai doesn't bow down to him. Like, hello, the Queen invited you not only today to a private party. You're invited tomorrow to a private party to hear some deep secret from the queen. And you worry about a Mordechai not bowing down? It's amazing. So Haman, this is Haman's track. Haman goes home, speaks to his wife, his advisors. We got to do some of this Mordechai. I'm invited to the queen's party. I am the most important person. And this Mordechai makes me crazy. Now. You would hope or think if these are really intelligent advisors, they should say, Haman, take a step back. What do you care about Mardukai? There might be a billion people in the world, not in those days, but whatever it was, hundreds of millions of people in the world, and you care about a guy who's zero, anyways, you're killing all the Jews and in the next uh, year from now? You'll get the last laugh. Like, what do you care about Mardukai? Like, what, what gives? You got everything. But instead, the family advises to go along. They say, okay, you know, let's build a gallows. And not just any gallows. This gallows has to be 100 feet tall. It says 50 amos, 75 to 100 feet tall. So that when you're eating by the party, you can relax as you see Mordechai uh, swinging from that gallows. And Haman says, great, let's get to work right now. So the family is getting to work. They build that gallows. Now, if you pay attention to the words in the Megillah, Haman's wife, her name was Zeresh. Zeresh says to Haman, we'll build the gallows today, tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning, be upright and early, first thing in the morning, go tell the king. Haman, who is so taken, so overwhelmed, so beyond control, can't wait. You know, they say, what's the phrase? That good things come to people who have patience. He has no patience. His brain is not thinking properly. He wants to go to the king right now in the middle of the night. Like, you think he's awake? And if he's awake, you think he wants to talk to you? Like, and if you wake him up? And if he's busy, like, what are you thinking? Haman, what are you thinking that you want to go to Merdichai in the middle of the night? What, are you crazy? That's one track. Um, Second track is Ahasuerus. The king, he wants to go to sleep. And his mind is racing. Esther wants to tell me something private. Must be so important she would be willing to give up her life. And she invites Haman. Invites Haman. What does she need Haman for? Maybe they're planning to make a coup maybe they want to they want to execute me and take over the the country themselves like maybe there'll be a new king and I'll be gone he his, he's thinking he she can't understand well if there's an assassination pl- plot going on where are all my spies how come no one knows about this assassination plot that's what spies are for or as i always like to tell um in those days um, if you tattletailed on an assassination plot, so the king gave you piles of money, you became a rich man overnight. Probably people lie just to get rich. So, Achish can't understand. How come no one is letting me in on the secret? Unless, perhaps, perhaps the reason no one's letting me in on the secret is because maybe a different time somebody came to tell me about an assassination plot and I probably said, thank you very much. And I didn't follow through. I didn't pay the guy back. He calls for his chronicles. So all kinds of stories, what was going on, if there was an angel turning the pages, but okay. And they're reading, and they get to the story with Mordechai, who saved Ahasuerus from an assassination plot of Bigson and Sarish. So the king says, so what did we reward him? No reward. Oh, we're going to have to care that first thing in the morning, because We got to find out if something's going on. First thing in the morning, we will take care of honoring Mordechai. So now let's put everybody in the proper spot. We have Haman, who's coming to the king in the middle of the night to hang Mordechai, who, by the way, the king just decided must reward for saving his life. Okay. Now we have the king who suspects Haman is coming to execute him, coming to assassinate him. The middle of the night is a great time to plot and execution and assassination, right? Assassins don't work in the the day. People can see them. They work at night. I mean, I'm sure they're selling the work by day. Now, by the way, it would be unfair to skip the third important line, and that is, what is Mardochai doing? Mardochai is actually studying Torah with thousands of children, because he knows the Torah study of children is so, so powerful, nothing more powerful Mordechai is spending the night studying Torah with children. So all these three things are happening at once, and they are now all about to collide. So Ahazuerus sees someone's out in his courtyard. Obviously, Haman was so important that he could actually hang out there unlike other people. So the king says to his servants, who's out there? Haman, your majesty. Oh, Haman, the guy who I think wants to kill me. Okay, let him in. Now the king... Is not king because he's a fool. I mean, some say he was a fool, but he's not a fool. He asks one of these great, ambiguous questions as a test to see where Haman is. So he says to Haman, what should be done to the man? Like, what should be the reward for a man whom the king wishes to honor? Now, this is a very open-ended question. Haman... Who loves honor and is the wealthiest man in the world cannot imagine anybody else getting honor but him, right? You understand that? Achshir thinks someone wants to kill him, and Haman, you know, he's a little clueless, and he thinks that the king does want to. The king loves me, right? I get invited with Esther, right? We're we're a team. So the king wants to hear what Haman will say. The king knows that Haman thinks it's him. Haman has a second reason why he thinks it's him. He thinks it's him because if you would ask the regular person in the street, if someone, if you're, I don't know, let's say you did like it, you saved Elon Musk's life or, or, uh, or uh, another one of these billionaires' lives. So the billionaire says, you know, I, I owe you my life. How can I reward you? I want to go take a flight in your spaceship. I mean, you might, but that's what you want? guy's a billionaire. You want money. Yeah, yeah, poor schlepper. You don't have money. You barely put food on the table. You saved his life. What you need is money. So most people, when they save a wealthy person's life, they want money. The only people who want honor are the people who money has no value to. So... Haman assumes the only person who has all the money is him. Who else has so much money that he would rather honor? So Haman says, ooh, if the king wants to honor somebody, we should get the king's horse, and we should get the king's royal robes, and we should dress the person who has to be honored in the king's royal robes, and we should get the king's crown. Now some say put on the horse, put on the person, and he should be paraded through the street. So now, follow what's going on. Haman is looking for the greatest honor. Ahasuerus thinks that Haman wants, sex, wants to assassinate him, to become king. Haman just asked the king, I would like your horse, your royal robes, and your crown and be paraded through the streets. Well, why don't you just kill me? Right? Like, if I'm Ahasuerus, right? I'm looking at Haman and saying, why don't you just advertise, i um, looking to kill the king, and how does next week Tuesday look to you? So Haman sees the king is boiling at that suggestion. So Haman repeats himself. He skips the crown. So, so Ahasuerus says, great idea. Do it to Mardachai. So Haman just like, whoa, whoa Mardachai. <laughs> Which Mardachai? Like, am I missing something? What Mardachai wants honor and, uh, and doesn't want money? You know, the Jewish Mardachai. Huh, Mardachai, it's a Jewish name. It's a hundred of them. The one that sits in the king's gate. So the Talmud says, Haman says, that Mordechai, he would rather be a tax collector. He would rather have a city for taxes, a bridge for taxes. So the king says, great idea, to give that to him. And Haman says, well, you know, I mint the king's money. It's not, it's not honorable that I should lead the horse. Um, it, it, it'll it take away the dignity of the king. And the king says, great, let, ha- let Mordechai take care of minting the coins. like, Haman does know what hit him. Like a train. He does not know what hit him. Even though the story is not over. In other words, just because the king wants to honor Murdechai does not mean that Haman is, is dead yet. So Haman has to take the horse and the clothes and go get Murdechai. Murdachai is sitting inside with the students. He gets to the study hall, and there's different versions of what happened. But Mordechai told everybody to run. Some say that they, 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 they didn't want to run away. They wanted to stay with Mordechai. Some say that uh, Haman locked them up. But in any case, um, Haman tells Mordechai that the king has ordered that you be paraded through the streets and wearing the king's royal robes, and it should be announced, such should be done to the man whom the king wishes to honor. So Mordechai says, okay, well, you know, can't put on the king's clothes without a fresh bath and a fresh haircut. And Esther, of course, has her own spies. She quickly closed all the bathhouses. So Haman's going to have to actually give the bath and the haircut to Mardachai. And interesting, um, when Haman is giving the haircut, he sighs, like a complaint. Mardachai says, who do you think you had a complaint? Who are you? You, were, you started out as a barber 25 years ago. What are you sighing for? Like, what are you complaining? What do you think you deserve? In any case, if the king says to parade somebody through the streets to be honored, and he's wearing the king's royal robes, it ain't no secret. It was a holiday. Haman will be parading. His children were running in front. Thousands and thousands of people will line the streets. There will be a parade. It's not just a horse with Mordechai and Haman. There's music, and there's dancing, and there's probably jugglers, and everybody's screaming and yelling. Anyways, somehow, not everybody got the message. A little strange. But the Talmud tells us that when, when Haman is taking the horse through his own street, the obviously a wealthy man. So he's passing the street, and his daughter clearly did not get the message. So she sees a guy riding the horse in the royal robes, and a guy leading the horse. Maybe she needed glasses. She was sure that her father is on the horse and that Murdachai is leading the horse, probably get executed, right? That's because that was the last thing that everybody was talking about the night before. So she dumps the toilet bowl off the roof right onto her father's head. Father looks up, she reacts on his father, she jumps off the roof, she's so embarrassed. Meanwhile, so Merdichai gets returned to the king's gate. Haman goes home. He tells his wife and advisors, like, last night I'm coming back from the party and, and we're building gallows and I'm on my way to get Mordecai executed. And, and this morning I paraded Mordecai through the streets that the king loves him. So the family was trying to give Haman advice but Haman couldn't hear it. The advice is fascinating. Zeresh tells Haman, the way it works with us and the Jews is, one is up, one is down. So till now, you've been all the way up, and Mordechai was all the way down. Now, Mordechai is starting to go up. You're starting to go down. So really, you should come crashing down. And she was trying to tell him the only way to stop the fall is you got to humble yourself in front of Mordechai. He will turn into the haughty one, and then it can reverse. But Haman couldn't get the message, and while Zeresh is trying to talk to Haman, the king's soldiers come to tell Haman, hey, it's time for the party. Remember, yeah, party, right? Just because um, Haman leads Mordechai through the street has nothing to do with Esther's party. So they rush off Haman. He can't even clean himself off. And he is on his way to the king's palace. So now we get to the party. We're at the second party. Now, we are not fools, right? Esther knows exactly what's going on. So she sees that God is turning the tables on Haman. He is on his way down, but... And this is something fascinating, something important to think about. Sometimes we think we have to help God out. You know, if we say the wrong message, so it's not going to work, right? Even though we see God is pulling all the strings, but we think God needs our help. God does not need our help. So they're at the second party. And Ahasuerus says again, he says, Esther, what do you want? And again, if you look at the wording of the Megillah, it's fascinating. She says, I want my life. My life and the life of my people. So, what are you talking about? Someone wants to kill the queen? Now, we have a little bit of a problem here. Just three days ago, um, Achaserich gave permission to Haman, he gave him his ring to go wipe out a nation. So, what exactly is happening right now? Is the king pretending? Perhaps. Is because Esther doesn't know that the king was involved. Right, and he didn't know that S was Jewish. Um, it's also possible that it's written this way because you have to remember the story is being written in in uh, Persia where he's the king. And I can't believe we did not finish the story yet. So we're going to have to go ahead and have a part four to finish the Megillah. It is just unbelievable. So the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it. Short and sweet. Thank you for all the wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you for the production team. We have David in the back. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on Animal Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.